Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Having trained more than 24,000 vets. Helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura. Answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Good Saturday morning. Today is January 8th, 2022. I'm Jordan Marsteller, today's host. You're listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Today, we are going to be talking about leadership, okay? Very extremely important. Leadership and structure in your pet's lives, okay? So, I want to start that off by saying that domesticated dogs evolved from wild dogs that lived in packs. And we did a really good job of taking a lot of that pack mentality out of our domesticated dogs. However, there is still a little bit there in that dogs are social opportunists. They take every opportunity that they can to get the things that they want. Okay? It's not that they disrespect us. It's not that your dog is trying to be dominant over you. What they need is structure. And that structure requires a good leader. Okay? Now, things like pushiness, demanding behavior, uncooperative, even anxiety... All of these behaviors can absolutely be indicated as a lack of clearly communicated and structured leadership. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today, we are going to be teaching you, utilizing some things that actually, uh, not that I learned, but this handout that I have right here was actually from uh, That's My Dog LLC in Dubuque, Iowa. With Robin McFarlane, um, and she so graciously gave us this handout that she gives to her clients, and we we altered it a little bit, but it's a fantastic handout when it comes to teaching and ensuring that your dogs have a good leader in their lives, okay? Now, there is a lot of commonalities between my clients and just random people who are asking for help with their dogs. And some of these commonalities are things like jumping on guests or, um, digging, destructive chewing, counter surfing, bolting out the front door. Now, a lot of these, a lot of these are typically just manners problems that can be fixed relatively easy. Sometimes you may be looking at a little bit deeper anxiety, um, you know, other things like that. But most of them, no matter what the cause of these behaviors are, benefit from a good, strong leadership role in the owners. Okay. I, I like to tell my clients, dogs are not nice to themselves. What I mean by that is... If dogs are given the opportunity to do the wrong thing, they're going to do it, okay? 
no dog is going to sit back and decide not to eat five pounds of chocolate that was left out. You know, no dog is going to decide, except for a trained one, obviously, um, not to run out the front door after that rabbit that it saw and then, you know, potentially get hit by a car. You know, dogs are not nice to themselves. If a dog got into its food bag, you know what it's going to do? Eat all of its food and then vomit everywhere, throw up, need to go to the vet. Dogs are not nice to themselves. So we... As benevolent, this is the important word here, benevolent leaders have to take that role and show them what's right. We are caring. We are fair. We are loving. But at the end of the day, we are in charge. So these simple changes to your daily routine can help with that leadership role that your dogs are very much so craving. Trust me, they really are. Okay. The first thing that we're going to talk about is feeding, all right? In the wild, in in the dog pack, okay? The alpha is in control of everything. He's in control of the food. He's in control of the water. He is in control of it all, okay? Now, pack mentality, for the most part, has been bred out of our dogs. But one thing that has not gone away is food drive, their desire for food. Every decision a dog makes is about its next meal, okay? So stop free feeding your dogs. Unless you're told by your veterinarian or other animal health professional, stop with the free feeding. What I want you to do is I want you to twice a day, sometimes smaller dogs are three times a day, structured timed feeding events every 12 hours. So if your dog gets three cups of food a day, I want you to split that up into a cup and a half. First thing in the morning, you put down the food. Start a timer for five minutes. Once those five minutes are up, I don't care if your dog is still actively eating. I don't care if your dog didn't touch their food. Pick it up, okay? Then 12 hours later, put the food back down Not the food they missed out on, the one and a half cup that they were going to get whether they ate all their food or not, okay? Now, this does a couple of things. Firstly, it really helps with health because dogs and cats uh, can and will get obese if they are allowed to decide how much they're going to eat. Some dogs, you know, they do well with free feeding, but most do not, okay? Overweight dogs, it leads to a lot of other health problems. But now that you are in control of the food The resource, that very important resource, they're like, wait a minute, this person controls this stuff that I love so much. That's just another way that we show our dogs that we are in charge. We are loving, but we're in charge, okay? Now, I accidentally just exited out of my Facebook Live, but anyways, we're going back to that. There it is. So, next, after the free feeding Do not tolerate your dog charging the front door to greet guests and you need to manage this behavior by putting a leash on or putting them up. The rule is supervise or confine, okay? This is a very, very common rule uh, that you hear a lot on this show, supervise or confine. So we are putting our dogs on leash. When somebody comes 
to our front door. We manage that dog. We do not allow them to excitedly run up, jump on them, bolt through the front door to see what's in the bags, you know, things like that. We have them on leash. Person comes through the door. I tell the dog sit or, you know, if the dog goes to jump, I correct that behavior. If the dog doesn't jump, I got to reward that behavior. Okay. Now, if your dog has a little bit of training or if you have, you know, access to the internet and YouTube, train your dog, look up a few videos, train your dog how to go to a place. That's another way that we could manage that. Train them to go to place and they go to place when people come through the front door. All right. It's just a way that we are showing the dogs that we are setting a standard. We are building structure, structured greeting. Okay. Next, this is a, this is a fun one. This is a very important one though. You need to take responsibility for starting and stopping games. Okay. What you need to do, let your dog have toys. Let your dog have their toys that they like to play with things for them to chew on because dogs interact with the world using their mouths. Okay. Take those items that are their favorite. So if you're like, man, my dog loves that red ball. Okay. That's his favorite. I want you to pick those up. He does not, he or she does not get to keep them all day, every day. Okay. Instead, what I want you to do is create a drawer, a place, a box, something. Somewhere that your dog can see but not get to where his favorite toys are kept. Okay. Now, let him see you put these away. Let him see you take them out. You are in control of starting and stopping the game. Now, this is what we've done for our dog so far. We are controlling his food resource, which is the, typically speaking, the most valuable resource for most dogs. Okay. We are now in control of something that is also very valuable to him. Getting pets and love and affection from strangers that walk through that door. Dogs absolutely love that, okay? Next, we are now in control of another resource, their favorite toy. They're like, oh my gosh, this person, this person feeds me, this person loves me, this person gives me pets, this person is is making me be relaxed and calm, which may be a little frustrating in the beginning, but they will thank you eventually. Maybe not literally, but they will thank you with their good behavior. And now we are controlling their favorite toys. And they're like, wow. They start thinking, that's not my toy. That's their toy. And I need to earn that toy. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. They're going to the box where they keep the red ball that belongs to them. And I love, oh my gosh, I wonder if they're going to let me play with it. And as a result, your dog is like, wow, this person, this person, I should, I should probably, you know, really impress this person and do what they say because they control the stuff that I love and I really care about. Now, after that, we're going to talk about leash walking. Okay. So when your dog is on leash, we're out on our walk. Do not tolerate your dog pulling. Okay. Do not allow your dog. You are walking the dog. The dog is not walking you. Okay. So I could spend hours talking about how to train your dog to walk on leash. Now, in the 
easiest and lightest way to explain this one. Pick about 30 feet of sidewalk right in front of your house. And that's where you're going to live and breathe for a while. Okay. A lot of my clients, they say, Oh, my, uh, I like taking my dog on five mile walks every day because I'm a triathlon trainer and, and yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Well, guess what? What's five, what's, what's five miles divided by 30 feet? It's going to be a lot of turns, but basically if your dog pulls in front of you, if your dog gets distracted by something, if you take more than 15 to 20 steps, turn around, turn around. And when your dog turns with you, reward them, tell them they're a good boy, good girl, pet them, give them a treat. Okay. When they decide not to bolt in front of you after that squirrel that ran across the street, reward that behavior. And when they do it, we correct that. We, when they do pull, we correct that behavior. Okay. Start building structure in your walks because now your dog is looking to you for guidance. This is about leadership. Your dog is looking to you to be like, Oh, is mom or dad going to turn? Oh, Oh, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. When are they going to turn? When are they going to turn? Oh my gosh. They're turning. Oh, there it is. There it is. They're looking up to you. Literally watch your dog will start watching you during the walks. They are going to just stare at you and they're like, what are you doing up there? Are, are we going to, are we going to turn? Are we, are we going to, are we going to like, what, what, what's happening? What's, what's happening here? So let's do a quick little recap. We've now stopped free feeding. We are no longer tolerating our dog charging the front door by putting a leash on them. We are taking their favorite toys and keeping those in a spot where we have control over them. And next, we are not allowing our dogs to pull and go crazy on the leash. These are just four of, hopefully I get to all of them, the 12 things that I want to talk about today. Okay, so... That's what we've covered so far. But before I can continue, we are going to take a quick break here shortly in about two minutes. So let's kind of talk a little bit more about the leash walking. So I want you to think about it as your dog can only uphold the standard that you place. Okay. What that means is If you want your dog to look at you and not be sniffing everywhere, that's the standard that you have to set. If you want your dog walking directly next to you, that's the standard that you have to set. When your dog wants to go left, you go right. When your dog wants to go forward, you go backwards. If your dog wants to slow down, speed up. If your dog wants to speed up, slow down, turn around. Okay? Show your dog that you are the leader of the walk. Again, this is about having our dogs look to us for guidance and direction. Because the common theme here is dogs are not nice to themselves. Think about it. What does your dog normally do when he's on leash? He's pulling really, really hard, choking himself, gagging, can't breathe. That's not nice to himself. What about his favorite ball? How many times have you had to go to PetSmart and buy your dog's favorite ball again? How many times? Probably a lot. Because he chewed it up and he destroyed it. Why would he do that to his favorite ball? They're not nice to themselves, okay? Now, no matter how many times I yell at my dog for jumping, he just keeps jumping. Why is he putting himself through getting yelled at every time that somebody comes through that door? Again, dogs are not nice to themselves. If I free feed my dog, guess what? He's going to overeat and get obese. They aren't nice to themselves. Well... I'm your host, Jordan Marstella, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX. 
where we answer your pet behavior and training questions every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. It is almost 9.30, so we are going to take a quick break for some news. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. He never tells me that he's sick of this house. He never says, why don't you get off that couch? He don't cost me nothing when he wants to go out. Ladies, please love your men like your dog, okay? Listen, listen, I'm telling you from experience. If you snuggle up to your man, let him cuddle up to you on the couch, give him a good scratch behind the ear, guess what? He's going to come back every day with his tail wagging and a smile on his face. All right? I'm Jordan Marsteller, today's host for Pet Talk Today, where we answer your pet behavior questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. If you're from Phoenix or the surrounding area, please give us a call at 602-277-5369. Again, that is 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. So when we left off, we had gone over free feeding. Um, We had gone over... Not tolerating our dog charging the front door. We had gone over stopping and starting games. I'm just making sure with Facebook that they can hear us. Apparently we're having a problem with the Facebook live stream and they can't hear us. Let's figure that out. But next, we also went over not allowing your dog to pull and lunge on the leash. Okay. These are just four Small things. The next thing that I want to talk about is yielding exercises, making your dog move out of the way. Okay. You have to insist that your dog gets off of the couch, that your dog moves out of the doorway, that your dog gets out of your way. Okay. Now I'm not saying to pile drive through your dogs. All right. That is not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that if you want to sit down and your dog's laying in your spot, move them, okay? One of the things that can happen if we allow our dogs to control these spaces, and if my dog is sitting on the couch and I go to sit and my dog is like not wanting to move and I go, okay, fine, I'll go sit on the other side of the couch. I do this over and over and over and over again. Eventually, your dog is going to claim ownership of these things. Now, it is not 100% guaranteed, but there is the possibility that your dog could begin guarding that as a resource, okay? We do not want that. All right, so how do we fix this before your dog is trained to get off the couch upon request or on command? Keep them on leash. Tell them off. Whatever the word is, insert word, that word could be banana. It doesn't matter. Okay. And pull them off of the couch. As soon as they get off, reward them for it. Reward them for moving out of the way. We have to give them a reason to work for us, right? Remember, we are benevolent leaders. Okay. Next. I 
want you to start practice having your dog waiting at doorways. This is so extremely important. This is not just a leadership thing about, you know, creating uh structure for our dogs to look at us for guidance. This is also about this is also about, I am so sorry, Ruby Ann just sent me a text message that threw me off. Thank you, Ruby Ann. I'm glad that you're watching. Um, now, having your dog wait at doorways. This is a safety thing, okay? We don't need our dog busting through a door as soon as it's opened because maybe I have my baby in my arms and I don't need him to knock me over. Maybe my elderly grandmother just came out of the bathroom. Maybe it's the front door and I don't want my dog running out and getting hit by a car. So now we fix this again, supervise or confine, meaning that your dog is either on leash in your eyesight where you can do the work or you avoid the opportunity for your dog to get it done. Your dog is a social opportunist. If he's given the opportunity, he's going to do it. And once he does it, he knows he can, and he will continue doing it. So put him on leash. Go to a doorway, say, wait, and use some tension on that leash. Open the door. Maybe that's too much for your dog. Okay, break it up. Touch the handle. Reward your dog for not moving. Turn the handle. Reward your dog for not moving. Open the door an inch. Reward your dog for not moving. Close the door. Open the door a little bit more. Reward your dog for not moving. If your dog breaks and tries to go through, you tell him, wait, and pull back on that leash and just start a pattern of repeating this. And they're going to get, oh my gosh, every time I get up, mom or dad makes me sit back down. Eventually, they're going to stay, okay? When that happens, we're rewarding them. The goal here is for you to get through the door first, okay? We teach our dogs that they wait at a doorway and I will go through it first. One, I'm checking to make sure that there's nothing on the other side that they're going to blast through. I'm making sure that there's nothing out there to get their attention and, you know, for them to chase like a bunny rabbit, something like that, right? I am also building structure in their lives. They go, wow, this guy or this gal, they're in charge. They like, they, they're, they're really giving me stuff to do. I need to, I need to respect this person because when I listen to him, I get, I get food and stuff. This is good. Food, pets and love reward. Okay. Now. Ignore demands for attention, okay? Never allow your dog to be in control or controlling you, okay? If your dog is whining at you, barking at you, pawing, nudging, ignore them, okay? Do not touch them. Do not yell at them, okay? That's a form of attention for some dogs. That's going to reinforce it like, oh, yeah, mom said my name. Even though you just yelled it, you're like, like, Fifi, leave me alone. Fifi went, oh. Yeah, that is my name. Thanks for, thanks for, you know, noticing me, right? Or you push them like, oh, that was fun. This is a game. No, ignore them. Turn your back on them. Okay. And then when you get three seconds, minimum three seconds of your dog, not gnaw, nudging you, pawing at you, whining, barking at you. That is when you mark and reward that behavior of them not vying for your attention. Now, Obviously, use common sense, and if if your dog is trying to express a need to you, that's entirely different. You know, read the room. Make sure your dog isn't saying, hey, dad, I need to go outside because I'm about to poop. You know, we don't, we don't want that to happen. So use context, but when your dog, when you're at the dinner table, 
Firstly, don't allow your dog to come to the dinner table. Okay. But maybe you do. But if your dog is laying there, just being calm and relaxed, cool. Reward them. Not with your dinner scraps, though. Don't give them food from the table. When you come into the house, if your dog is jumping up on you, you know, things like that. We are ignoring that. In fact, that's going to be one of our next things that we're going to talk about. But do not reinforce these attention-seeking behaviors. We reinforce them by giving them functionality. When my dog whines at me and I go, hmm, what do you need? And I go get his ball. He just learned whining at me is going to get him his toy. No. Take that moment to go, hmm, he probably wants his ball. And then maybe five, ten minutes later when he's been quiet and not whining at you, go get his ball. He's not going to draw the correlation that him whining is what made you realize that that's what he needed. Don't allow your dog to control the situations with their attention-seeking behaviors. Make your dog sit before they get pets. Make their dogs, make your dog sit before a stranger walks through the door. Make your dog sit before going out a door. These are all ways that we are just building simple structure in our dog's lives. And honestly, at the end of the day, implementing these things, there are lots of, there are a lot of people out there that this is all that they really care about getting fixed is just these nuisance behaviors. And quite frankly, a dog who is abiding by these rules in my book, at least, is a very well-behaved dog, okay? Um, they don't need to be a show dog or anything like that. It's simple, simple, easy things that you can implement in your life to show your dog what being a leader, a benevolent leader, looks like. Now, let's kind of uh, do a little review because this next one is very important. It's going to take a little bit more time. Actually, I think I have time here. I do. This is called the 10 minute rule. Okay. When you come home, you ignore your dog. Anytime that you come home from a long extended time period for more than just a couple minutes, right? If it's been an hour, same thing, 10 minute rule. When you walk through that door for 10 minutes, you do not interact with your dog at all. I want you to go back to middle school and remember those days when you were pretending that you couldn't hear your friend Johnny and you're sitting on the school bus and Johnny's trying to talk to you and you're like, hey guys, could, did you hear that? Sounds like the wind's blowing. What What was that? Did you feel that? That's what you're doing to your dog, okay? You are, literally they don't exist. The only exception to that rule is, oh, I've been gone for eight hours. I need to let my dog out to go to the bathroom. That's fine. Let your dog out to go to the bathroom. We do, we are not, we are benevolent. Okay. We are caring. We are kind. We are understanding. We are passionate. But other than that, no pets, no love, no greeting. Don't even say hi, Fifi. Nothing. Okay. This goes for everybody that comes through that door. Strangers included. Tell everybody for 10 minutes after coming to my house, my dog doesn't exist. This teaches them that when people walk through the door, it's not some big exciting event. Okay, there's no reason to jump and get in people's faces and get in their space, smelling the grocery bags. You know how it is. Nobody is going to make a second trip to the car for their grocery bags. Okay, nobody's going to do it. So you're carrying 45 bags and $400 worth of groceries from the car. You've got a bag like all the way up to each shoulder, maybe one's over your head. You're carrying the milk between your legs. You've got the bread chip between your teeth and you're walking through the front door. And next thing you know, your dog 
is jumping on you and knocking all this out. Now, we've got a, just a little bit left here, but the 10-minute rule, I want to talk more about that when we come back from our break, okay? So, again, leadership and structure, very, very important. We're going to get back to this 10-minute rule here in just a minute, okay? But first, before that, we do have to take a quick break. I am your host, Jordan Marcel, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. If you have a question about your pet's behavior, go on and give us a call. Call us. All right. When we come back from break, we're going to continue talking about leadership and structure in your parent, in your dog's lives. We'll be right back. Who let the dogs out? Saturday morning. My name is Jordan Marsteller, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Does your dog defecate outside your door? Is your four-legged friend fighting with Frankie the French Poodle? Are you trying to train your turtle to spin in a circle? Do you feel like your cat is planning world domination? I do. Maybe you want your octopus to cook eight meals at once. It doesn't matter what the problem or question is. That's what we do right here every Saturday morning on Pet Talk Today. And that is answer your questions, no matter how quirky. So give me a call at 602-277-5369. Again, that's 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, feel free to call in toll free at 866-536-1100. Okay, so we've been talking about leadership, all right? Leadership in the house and building structure for our animals, okay? Now, the last thing that we were talking about was the 10-minute rule. For 10 minutes after coming home or a stranger entering the home, the dog doesn't exist, period, unless you need to let them out to go to the bathroom, okay? Obviously, life limber eyesight supersedes training, okay? Now, at first you may experience what is known as an extinction burst in that your dog is like, oh my gosh, why are they ignoring me? And suddenly they're jumping more, they're mouthing more, they're whining more, they're begging for attention more. When that occurs, stop, stop moving, turn your back on them, ignore them. And then the extinction burst may get a little worse for a moment, but eventually the dog is going to be like, okay, this isn't working and they're going to stop doing it. As soon as that happens, start moving again. We are not rewarding. We are not marking that behavior. We are just going to start moving again. And if they go to jump on us, stop moving. Ignore them. It may take you five minutes to get from your front door to your counter to put down your groceries to let that bread that you've been holding between your teeth fall onto the counter. That milk that you're trying not to drop that's between your legs because nobody takes two trips for groceries. I get it, but this is the reason why we're teaching them, okay? In the beginning, it's going to be inconvenient, and once we can get them understanding for 10 minutes, nothing's going to happen, don't worry, your one-trip perils from the car with your groceries are going to be a lot better, okay? Because Fido's not going to knock you over, all right? I know you were really looking forward to making that uh, souffle, but because you broke all the eggs, well, that's upsetting. So, now... Next, after the 10-minute rule, once your dog has learned how to down, stay, or place 
either or or all of the above. Uh, I don't know why I said stay. Down or place. Sit also works, but I don't really like doing an extended stay in the sit, okay? Use them and practice for them staying in those positions for 20 to 30 minutes, all right? Have them do it right in front of you while you watch TV or read the newspaper, okay? If your dog gets up, put them back into the position. If they stay, reward them. Consistency pays off. You have to practice this, okay? For 20 to 30 minutes, I make the goal for every one of my clients an hour, okay? 20 minutes is what I want them to accomplish in the first two weeks. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? But one whole hour is what my goal for my clients is when it comes to the implied stay in any position besides sit. Sit, I'm not going to make a dog stay in the sit for an hour. That's, I'm a benevolent leader, okay? I'm not going to put a dog through that uncomfort, discomfort. There we go. That's the better word. Now, it is very important that you can touch, handle, and groom your dog. I want you to practice frequent and short grooming sessions, all right? Reward your dog for tolerance, okay? If your dog isn't freaking out, pulling away, and, you know, acting scared, reward your dog. Now, if you have a dog that is very terrified of grooming, that's a whole different story. Um, we've talked about it a lot, but I, in short, basically take a, take a piece of tape, put a smear of peanut butter on it. Put that tape onto your fridge. Let your dog start licking that peanut butter and then touch their feet. Okay. And then stop as soon as the peanut butter is gone. And then we start doing more and more. So maybe you go from touching the feet to lifting the foot up. Okay. And then from lifting the foot up to pulling out a brush or the nail trimmers, touching the neck, touching different parts of the body. And we get the brush or the nail trimmers closer and closer to them. Okay. Until eventually the brush is touching them. And then I get my first brush stroke or I cut my first nail. It's going to be a slow process, but practice that and it will be helpful. I guarantee it. Now, next, do not reward your dog for jumping. Interrupt that behavior. Remember, we talked about this a little bit already. If your dog goes to jump, couple things you can do. You're going to move your knee forward. It's uncomfortable for them. I'm not saying slam your knee into their chest, but give them a little, a little oof with that knee. Don't hurt the dog. Just make it uncomfortable for them. Turn your back or and or slash and and slash or tell your dog to sit before they jump, before they jump, not after they jump. Okay. I want my dog to sit before they jump, reward them because once they've jumped, it's too late. I don't want to create functionality. This is what it turns into. Jump, sit, feed. The dog learns. I jump up. Mom tells me sit. I sit. I get food put in the mouth. Okay. Um, now next, this is also where keeping a leash on your dog helps. Okay. Remember keeping a leash on helps. If your dog is just constantly jumping, being able to have a leash on them and pull them off, keep them off of you. Very extremely helpful. All right. Now, some dogs 
especially those Velcro-y dogs or those highly anxious dogs, benefit a lot by limiting verbal interaction. Okay? Sometimes when I'm sitting there just talking to my dog and saying things to them, they don't know what we're really saying to them, and it's going to build up anxiety. Watch. Look at your dog. I'm telling you, look at your dog and just start talking to him. Make eye contact and start talking. And watch as they start shaking their tail. Maybe their ears go back. Maybe they stop for a second. Maybe they do a quick little spin in a circle. It could be so many different things that they're going to do. But most of them equal anxiety is building because they're like, what is going on? What is mom saying? What is dad saying? What is going on? What, 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 what do you want? What do you want? Right? Limit the amount that you are just speaking to them. Okay. When you are training, when you are interacting with your dogs, yes, have conversations with them. Be loving, be kind, be caring, but try and limit it a little bit. You know, if you have that dog, if you're not, if you're just saying nonsense to your dog, unless it's playtime and you're just having fun with your dog, that's different. But if you're just staring at your dog, talking to him, watch what they do. It's probably going to look like they might look like they're a little excited. Um, and they might be, but more than likely it's actually anxiety. Now, all of these 12 things, they are not end all be all. It is not a definitive guide on creating a extremely well-behaved, well-mannered dog. What it is, it's about showing your dog. It's the beginning steps of showing your dog that you are in charge, that you are the decision maker, that you are the one who controls just about every aspect of that dog's life outside of its free will, you know, of being a sentient being. That's your dog in your home, but we love them. We are not cruel. We are not unusual. We are not unfair. In fact, we are the exact opposite. Good leaders build structure. Good leaders communicate clearly. Good leaders set boundaries, but good leaders are also able to have fun. Okay. Good leadership with your dogs is about nothing more than creating a dog that isn't, that is not going to take the social opportunities that we leave for them. Okay. Being a good leader gives the dog somebody to look up to when they don't know what else to do. When they enter a situation that is uncertain, when they enter a situation that has never, you know, they've never experienced, maybe it's giving them anxiety or fear, they have somebody to look to because they trust that you are able to give them the right decisions. Because again, dogs are not nice to themselves. Okay. That's where we as owners and good leaders come in. Okay. Now this is a handout that we have. Um, and I'm certain that, uh, that if you would like a copy, uh, we can absolutely send it to you. Shoot us an email at info, that's I-N-F-O, at pettalktoday.com. And we can absolutely get this handout over to you. I'm your host, Jordan Marsteller. Thanks for listening in today on Pet Talk Today, where we talk about leadership and structure with your pets. Be sure to not ever miss an episode by subscribing to the Pet Talk Today podcast and liking and following us on Facebook where we are live 
each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. I really appreciate everybody listening in today. Thank you so very much. We love you. We love doing this. I love this show. We will see you next week at 9 a.m. Again, I'm Jordan Marsteller. You have a fantastic day.